following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Thursday, September 27th, 2018, season 14, episode number 47. Welcome to another very special edition of Don't the mess break. up that number. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a lot of a re- lot of really good information to get into today. We appreciate you guys taking some time to talk to us. Uh, and we're going to talk some Cowboys football. How's everybody doing this morning? Hi. Hey. What the heck is that? <laughs> that was creepy. Hey, Derek. I know, right? <laughs> it's very creepy. What's going on? How are we doing, up? guys? Hey. hey, Jason. All right, let's get right into it. We got to get to this Detroit Lion defense. Uh, yesterday, you guys talked about the Lions offense uh, versus the Cowboys defense. Today, we talk about the Lions defense versus the Cowboys offense. But before we do, we do need to catch up on some injury information. Yesterday, there were three players that did not practice. Malik Collins, Travis Frederick, Sean Lee. Nothing surprising about that. Um, but there were a few guys that were limited. Uh, Cole Beasley with an ankle injury. Uh, Jeff Heath with another an- with an a- ankle injury. Um, and Antoine Woods with a groin injury. Talk to me about those three guys and, uh, and what you're expecting this week as far as their health. Well, I'll start with Sean Lee. Um, I have the chance to talk to Stephen Jones every week for a special edition. And it's going to air on Saturday. So I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know when. Saturday night. 10:30 in Dallas, but all over the place. And if you're in that, the, the um, we'll have it on area, the website too. On the website, oh. and I have a feeling that he's going to have an interview. We haven't done the interview yet, but I have a feeling that in during the interview that he will say something like two to four weeks for Sean Lee. You have a feeling? I have a feeling that that's going to come out in the interview. We'll see. Mm. Sounds about right. Yeah, two Sounds to four weeks. Like so what we were. Expecting. That's not really what the head coach I don't think is saying. No. He's saying day to day, but he, I think he really means like 14 to 28 days. Sounds mm. about right. What? Nothing. I'm just, and you guys already talked about it yesterday. It's just, um, it doesn't surprise you anymore when this pops up. But at some point, it's like, you know, I guess they're going to see this year what happens in his absence. Last year in his absence, they realized they couldn't do without him. Mm-hmm. This year in his absence, I wonder if that maybe starts to change a little bit. If what we've seen so far from these linebackers is accurate in in the fact that they've played pretty well. I wonder if we will get through this period and say, you know, these linebackers you know, pretty much can handle it. Maybe, they don't necessarily need it. Maybe them setting uh, sitting Sean Lee for most of training camp or a lot of training camp wasn't really about Sean Lee. Maybe it was An about point. getting Joe Thomas and these other guys acclimated to the system. So when it happens, not so much if, but when it happens, they'll be ready for it. And I talked to Joe yesterday, and he kind of said, you know, he's anxious to, to prove that that's not going to be the mantra here when, when Sean's out. I'm excited. I want to see what it looks like. Yeah. I, you drafted a guy 19th overall. He looks he looks good so looks far. Part. He looks like a freak. Yeah. Uh, actually, I saw Matt Patricia was talking about, you know, they the Lions spent some time on him too. They've been trying to revamp their linebacker core. And I, I don't want to misquote him, but he said something like, you know, it's it's insane that a guy who's that big can take up that much space that quickly. Um, which, and so Leighton Van Der Esch is going to make his first start on Sunday. There's very little doubt. And mm-hmm. uh, it will only be his 15th start in 11-on-11 football ever. He made his first start in 11-on-11 football 
September 2nd of last year. All right, you need some Jack Black, like, body lotion. Leave me alone. I'm scratching my arm. Oh, you're kind of, for a while, though. I know, it, did, it was, it like, absent-minded. Is that ever going to go away? It like, was an absent Like, you guys throw me off. I don't appreciate that. You're a distractible player, Dave. I am. Um, I'm distractible. I was just, you know, I just wanted to throw in some product of Jack Black. Uh, that could help that. I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. And... I think there's a lot of potential there between him and Jalen Smith. And, yeah, I mean, I love Sean Lee. I respect the hell out of him. But uh, the writing is always on the wall when you draft a guy in the first round that you're thinking about the future. And Sean Lee's 32. He might be here next year. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to predict that type of stuff. Where's his contract? Where are we in this contract? I couldn't tell you how many years he's got left, but I believe you could save $7 million on the cap if you wanted to. Next year? Mm Mm-hmm. Which I I think it's too soon to to yeah. say that, but um, but that's the nature of the NFL. Ah. So I just feel great about the fact that the Cowboys actually are going into because this does not through nineteen. Through so 19. he's got one year left on his. And deal. usually that one year left on his deal is usually exactly. one where you can actually yeah manage that's, if you need. I just to. like the we're fact that about the Cowboys. If, no, what I'm saying I mean, is I, I do think that. That's that you the conversation. That. I do think that the conversation. You said, "What's his contract look like?" That that's what that means. It doesn't mean not cutting him. Yeah, that's exactly, nah, that's what, exactly it what it no. means. No, no. I mean yes, it that, does. The, the fact of the matter is, I think that if these young linebackers, if these young young linebackers play well during during Sean Lee's absence, then it does beg the question. Especially if you're talking about, like you said, you can save that much money. It does beg the question: At what point do the Cowboys say? We no longer can rely on him. It's happened with a lot. Look, yes. every player that comes to the but, Cowboys organization, I don't care how great they are, at some point it's going to come to an end. We have seen it with every single player that comes through here. Father okay. time, don't lose. Okay, here's the thing, though. And and when you talk about like possibly cutting him or maybe thinking of that or going there, that's dumb because Sean Lee is not like any other player. He acts more of a coach as anyone else have even seen here and not that I know much about the history and I can't go that far back but in the time that I've been here he's the one player that has the right attitude and is absolutely fully invested and not only that he shares that with his teammates and acts as a coach and teacher so he has a lot more value than just being on the field yeah in my opinion Darren Woodson was the same guy I mean there have been other guys like that to come through the Cowboys organization the problem is at some point you no longer can rely on them because their bodies get to a point where the bodies just can't oh, take yeah. it anymore. And that's my whole point is, are they at the point, at what point will the Cowboys get to a point where they say, you know, we really can't rely on the fact that Sean's going to be able to be healthy. But it's not like he has and, four years left on his contract. And on top of that, we actually have options. Because last year they had no options. Yeah. Like they had to have Sean Lee because that's all they, I mean, that's what they had. Right now, everything we've seen in training camp suggests that maybe they've got other options and maybe their defense doesn't fall off a cliff when Sean isn't there. Well, just to be just to clarify on the contract, it is through next year. Um, if they decided at the end of the season to release him, next year's cap hit is ten point is ten million. And he if they released him, they would save seven million on the cap. Mm-hmm. Which they would also save seven million on this year's cap as well. So if they would have 
they would have done that. It is. It's far too early to speculate on that. But it's something that I mean, from the minute they again from the minute they drafted Leighton Vander Esch, that's something that you sh- should have been keeping an eye on, and it's Absolutely. something to watch, see how they do. Like I said, I mean, between Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, I actually wrote about this in my column today. Shameless plug, but. You've got arguably two of your most athletic players playing linebacker now. They're both under contract for multiple years, and they're both younger than 25. So the writing's on the wall. That doesn't mean that Sean Lee will be cut, you know, this offseason. It's way too soon to say that, but he is not the future of this defense. And don't don't be mistaken. If you you don't think the Cowboys will move on and make tough decisions from guys that are franchise type players you haven't been paying attention <laughs> I say. they are Clearly. they are a franchise now that under a like, rock at times they get kind of cutthroat like i'm like wow they did that i mean <laughs> they they are doing what they feel like is in the best interest of the organization first and whether those are the right decisions or not you can debate that all day but they i don't think they get caught up on well this guy's been with us for a long time and we we really love him oh, and yeah. respect him like at the end of the day they're going to make whatever decision they think is best for and the those- organization those guys that were way more, you know, productive than Sean Lee has been. And Sean's productive, but he hasn't been consistently productive because he gets hurt. Yeah. And he's hurt again. All right. So let's talk to me now about those guys that are limited. Because I know we we know, as Nick just said, he's not playing this week. Probably not playing for a few weeks. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Cole Beasley, Jeff Heath, Antoine Woods, those are three guys that were limited yesterday. Are we thinking that these are injuries that we really need to be concerned about? Or are these precautionary type limited practice Type players. All three guys got hurt in well, Beasley had the ankle last week, but played with it. Right. Woods and Heath got hurt and came back and they are limited on Wednesday. Again, I just I look at what's the word and what's the day of the week. If you're limited on the first day of practice, you're Go probably good. gonna play. Yeah. If you're limited on Thursday, you're probably gonna play. It's Unless really, they take a back step back on Thursday. Which right. is rare. Yeah. Uh back steps in the course of practice are rare yeah. more often than Except not. Except for last year. Remember last year on it did, Thursday? It did it seem like you have guys that just kind of... For the most part, yes. If it, I really... I don't want to say I don't care, but I'm really only studying that if it's getting to Friday and you haven't practiced yet, which all three of those guys were there again today, so they're going to do at least something. So, again, it's trending toward being good for Friday slash Sunday. Right. Uh, Travis... Travis Lee and Malik were all still not there today, which, I mean, I think obviously Travis, no. Obviously Lee, no. And I think I would lean toward thinking Malik can't go this week either, but we'll see. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. We'll take it a little bit early when we come back. Dave's going to jump into this uh, dissection of the uh, the Lions defense. We're going to talk about the Lions defense, how it matches up with the Cowboys offense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel anytime. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Talking Cowboys versus Lions. Cowboys take on the Lions this Sunday at noon at AT&T Stadium. Uh, and Dave's going to get you ready. We've already talked about the offense, the Lions offense. Now it's time to talk about the Lions defense. Dave, what do we have to be afraid of? Uh, well, you know, I tweeted this last night. I, I didn't feel good about this game. And I still don't feel great, I guess. But I fired up the tape and I watched a couple games and I feel better. After watching their defense? I do. I do feel better, which is funny because the Cowboys can't throw the ball to save their lives and the Lions have the best passing defense in the NFL, 152 yards a game. That's not great. But what is great is they are absolutely dead last in the league in defending the run. Oh, so money. That's nice. Uh, they're surrendering 140. I heard you when you read that last night. <laughs> You got so excited. Well, I mean, if you're looking for ways for this offense well, yeah, to win, yeah, it was just yeah. funny. I wait. Let me read your mind. Yeah, they ran the ball really well in Seattle and still no, lost. No, no, no. That okay. wasn't what I was going to say. What I was going to say is I was going to hearken back to what you said. I think it was last week that this NFL, as soon as you see something that is so drastically points to one thing that's going to happen, it's not going to happen. True. So we'll see how that True. works. Out. You're right, but you know, I've all week I've been saying shut up about Zeke's carries like it's not it, it, Zeke only getting 16 carries is not why they lost you can't expect you can't expect anything more like you got to throw the ball at some point but against a defense like this maybe you really can just load up and try to run 40 times because it has worked it has worked for two of the three opponents that have played the Lions they gave maybe up maybe keeps their offense off the field yeah they gave up a hundred oh no that's the biggest part of this yeah. for me is keep Matt Stafford off the field um so they're giving up 149 rushing yards per game um 29.3 points per game 49ers hit him for 30 the jets hit him for 48 which and those aren't great offenses no well that well that's go you know if you have nfl game pass it's a hundred dollars for the whole season i highly recommend it you can see all the you can see the all 22 i think you go to dallascowboys.com forward slash game pass and that's how you can get in and, and get your subscription you can get the all 22 you can also get the condensed version of the game where it literally just jumps right to the next snap so yep. you can watch a whole game in 15 minutes it's um, great anyway you're, you're right like the i know you know jimmy garoppolo was playing well and they gave him that extension before he got hurt but like that's not this gangbusters offense you know they're, they're throwing pierre garçon and rookie dante pettis out there uh matt breda and alfred morris are their running backs they ran for 198 yards on these guys and scored 30 points uh jimmy garoppolo i charted it he threw five passes that went more than 12 yards downfield he connected on two of them and he drew a flag on third so 
there is something to it's be pretty said. Good clip, yeah. You need you need to hit on some of those longer plays. I think we would all agree with that. But the vast majority of what he was doing was outs, curls, smoke routes, short, quick stuff, and they did just enough, and they let the running game take over. So there's a blueprint for success here. So. Uh, you look at it, a lot of big bodies on their front. I, y'all were talking about it in the break. Sean Robinson, Sylvester Williams, Deshaun Hand, uh, Ricky Jean Francois, uh, Romeo Aquara, Kerry Hyder. They all basically comprise your down linemen. It's, it, it's listed as a 4-3, but it's very multiple. It's a lot like the Patriots, not surprisingly, with Matt Patricia being there. They kind of mix and match. Your main pass rushers are Ziggy Ansa and Eli Harold, who they got from the 49ers, actually. Ziggy hasn't played a full game yet this year. He's got a shoulder that knocked him out of the Jets game. He missed the week two and week three. Um, he has not practiced yet as of Thursday, which I don't think their report is out. But that is something to watch because that would be big. Um, your linebackers, Devon Kennard, Gerard Davis, Christian Jones, it's Gerard Davis is a first round pick, but it's it's so so. I don't see anything that scares the daylights out of me the way that Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley do. And then obviously, uh, you know the 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 prime guys are your secondary: Darius Slay at one cornerback, uh, Nevin Lawson, and then your safeties: Glover Quinn and Quandre Diggs, who just signed a contract extension before the season started. They're very aggressive. Uh, they make a lot of plays on the ball. They are confident. You know, if, I mean, if you if you throw at them, they're going to try to jump in front of it or swat it down. You see a lot of contested balls, um, which you know it makes sense. They don't um, they don't give up a lot of passing yards. Um, you don't see a lot of bad coverage. Like even you know, Tom Brady couldn't throw his guys open in in their game, and, and the Patriots only scored ten points as a result. Which the Patriots only ran the ball nineteen times, which I don't understand because the Jets and the 49ers both did whatever they wanted to them. Um, Oh. Well, they also didn't have one of their running backs, though. But go ahead. Which which Rex Burkhead was? Didn't he get hurt? Okay. That's but they yeah. they are they are typically a team that that splits the carry, so yeah. you got one less they guy. Are, but they had White and they had Sony Michelle, who's their second round pick. Yeah, they should have done better. For 49, 49ers, twenty eight carries, one hundred and ninety yards. That's six point eight yards per cl- uh, per carry. Jets thirty six carries, one hundred sixty nine yards. Which again. That's what gives me confidence is like you can't do that against most teams, but I feel like you might just be able to run against these guys all day. You got to get a lead on them, though. That's the thing. Start fast, please. That's that's the th- really thing with with anybody. But if you get a lead and you can run on them, that's probably where where it's easier to beat the Lions. If you're down and you have it to pass, 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 that's what they want you to but do. But the one thing I would say is I wouldn't panic if I got down. Well, it's the panic because you yeah, can run. I would still keep running. That's the thing about an offense like – I mean a defense like this. If they really are as bad – against the run as we think they are, then you can still, taking time and, and going down the field, methodically going down the field and scoring still is just as valuable as feeling like you got to throw to get back in a game. Find, you can't get by, down by too much, but You can't I find panic. yourself in a track meet, and we, yeah. we talked about yesterday with, with Stafford and those guys, and they could put up some points. So, you know, you, you hope. But, but if you watch these last few games, I mean, the Cowboys have gotten down early third quarter. They kind of buckled, you know, buckled down, and they – get themselves back in the game if their offense could score at all yeah one thing like you really you can't substitute actually sitting down and watching tape i mean you know if you don't have a hundred dollars i get it that's what we're here for but lions are fourth in the league in sacks with 10 which says to you oh man this, this dallas offensive line better buckle down i wasn't that impressed like 
again, Ziggy Ansah is not here. He's not playing right now, so maybe that could take him to another level. But this looks like a lot of coverage sacks to me. Like they use their linebackers. They blitz their linebackers to make up for the fact that they don't have Ansa. They bring Devon Kennard off the edge. Gerard Davis will have delayed blitzes or he'll run stunts where he loops around the line. But again, I counted Jimmy uh, Garoppolo was sacked six times. More than half of those, he held the ball for four or five, six seconds before he was eventually sacked, which that's a testament to the secondary, like they're covering their guys, but they don't have this Von Miller or this Frank Clark who's just ripping around the line of scrimmage and they just can't account for him. I didn't see that once. Like these are delayed sacks that is a result of the quarterback not getting rid of the ball. So again, run the ball. Again, get it out quickly. Curls, slants, all that little stuff. Stuff that Dak has actually shown that he can be good at. I don't know how many long developing plays you really want to try against these guys. Um, hey, knock on wood, Scott Linehan, I don't know if you listen to this, but maybe some RPO would be good here because I think you can misdirect these linebackers. I think like they get washed out of plays. This is I don't think this is like an elite unit, and I think you could probably confuse them create some easy throwing lanes with some run pass stuff. So I don't know if they'll actually do that, but I think I would. If you had to identify one guy that you thought was the best player on this defense, who would it be? It's hard to say. Cause let's, I'm, let's assume if Ansa's is there, my, I think your answer is going to be Ansa, but if yeah. he's not there, who is the best player on this defense? Uh, probably slay. Um, I, th- I think Gerard Davis will, and at times is a really good player. He's, I mean, he's their centerpiece linebacker. He's a first round pick out of Florida. I think he will be good, but he's, he's just looks like a young player. Who's not consistent. Um, second year. Yes. Yeah. Second second year. Um, Slay is really good. And then obviously, you know, they love Quinn and they obviously love Diggs. They gave him a $20 million extension, Mm -hmm. but I would, I would probably say Slay, which again, I don't, you know, I don't want to use this game to try to try to prove a point that the Cowboys can pass. Like, you don't need to, or at least you would hope you don't need to. Just pound the ball and take what you get in the passing game. Don't make Dak try to sit in the pocket and read the defense this week. I mean, he needs to do that at some point, but I don't think he needs to do it this week. I mean, you know, you think about them having a really good corner and slay, and, you know, usually it's like, well, he's going to match up against somebody. But, I mean, who in this in this situation? It, and the question is, does he really, in, in a game like this, does a team say we're going to match up with anybody? No. I mean, I don't think whoever the Cowboys, you bring out there, we yeah, just Yeah, I don't go, think the, you know? the Lions or any opponent really will it's, ever do that. For yeah. years, it's been like, okay, well, who's getting Dez? Who, is he going to follow Dez? And now we're just like, literally, I don't care about that. Like, I don't think the, the Lions aren't going to bother traveling a guy with any of these I mean, receivers. and Unless they decide that on certain situations they want to do that. So, for example, if they know on third downs we'd feel better if we pay a little more attention to Cole Beasley because yeah. he okay. can be a third down guy. That I, can... always, I always liked what the 49ers did way back in the 90s. I, I think that's a better approach. If you've got a stud corner like that put him on the number two receiver and lock him up and he's done then you double the number one and now you're pretty much shutting them all down because alvin harper could not do anything on Dion, mm-hmm. and then you kind of would try to shut you try to double michael that that seemed to work better yeah um but you know i, I you can't do the same thing the whole game but i mean in the situation like this when you know, if you said, hey, give me one to seven, the best receivers on the team, we would have all kinds of different answers if we tried to rate them. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard to rate the Giants and Atlanta's and the Steelers receivers, but for the Cowboys, I mean, I don't know who the number one receiver on this team is. I don't have the first idea. But that, and to that point, I think 
I'm not worried about it because I don't think you need to worry about paying extra attention to anybody. If this secondary is as good as it looks, you just put a guy on everybody and clog the box. I mean, that's that's gonna that is that's been the blueprint and it will continue to be the blueprint. But I think against this team, it might not matter. You uh, you talked about the fact that you thought a lot of their sacks came uh, as coverage sacks that came as linebackers blitzing, blitzing off the edge. It seemed to me, and I know they had Frank Clark. He's a much better pass rusher than it sounds like most of these guys, except for you know maybe if you want to throw Ezekiel Ansa in there. But it seemed like the, the Seahawks had a similar kind of game plan. They were sending linebackers at times. They were sending extra guys. It wasn't just always a four-man uh, rush. Because of that, do you think that – does that worry you at all, that they had some success with sending linebackers and that kind of thing, and that this team, that the Lions, seemed to, to have done pretty well doing that these first – couple games i'm definitely worried about it just because the pass protection hasn't been good enough in two of the three games but i just and and you're right i mean what they got five sacks in that game and it, it came from a variety of different places but it just seemed like the most obvious culprits there were i mean frank clark beat tyron in ways that i'm not used to seeing and lyle collins as well i mean he was moving all around unless ansa plays i don't think they have that guy and i you know Connor Williams will probably get taken advantage of on, you know, like a delayed blitz type of situation. It'll probably happen. That's football. He's a rookie, but I don't think it'll not to a degree that it wrecks the game, which is what I'm always worried about. And I don't think they have that guy that can win these tackle matchups consistently enough for it to be a big problem. What are we hearing about Ansa? Have we heard anything about what his status is at this point? I mean, I think if you're going to make him a focal point of your video, he's probably going to play. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> This right. one right here. <laughs> she did a video, right, of uh, breaking down. I mean, well, each week I break down one guy from the offense and defense from whoever team mm -hmm. we're playing, and that was the guy I broke down. Why? I don't know. Brian suggested that guy, so I better hope. <laughs> I'm hoping. Bri well, he's, no, get, he's getting. I don't the want feeling. him to play, but he's, he's getting the, the sense that he's gonna play. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just by the maybe the talking to some people over there, and we'll see. Hey, he's way more plugged in across the NFL than I am. But again, we talk about our own practice report. He didn't. He's DNP but on Wednesday. We'll see. Today, Thursday's Thursday's not out. Yeah, today's we'll a big day. I mean, yeah, where is a big day? If he's do. still a DNP today, then you're feeling more like he's not going to play. Yeah, yeah. Especially coming off a week when he didn't and play last week. I don't even know. I mean, I know he's a great player. I know that. But I don't know what to expect from him. He I'm hasn't not. played. I didn't spend a lot of time on the Jets game because it was forever ago. And mm -hmm. I the sheer amount of turnovers kind of skews that. But yeah. he hasn't played since then. What so. was his injury? Shoulder. Shoulder. So. All right. Let's go ahead and take our final. Do you have something, Nick? Nope. I'm okay. saving it for an article. All right. <laughs> Actually, feel free to preview here. I just thought of an idea, actually, for there an article. Go. There you go. All right. Yep. All right, we're going to go take our, our final break. Uh, when we come back, let's get some phone calls. Call us, 888-855-2297. Again, it is 888-855-2297. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Speed and quickness. That's what we're looking for on the field. That's the same thing we're looking for us guys when we're talking about the old number one. Tommy John gives you the opportunity to do that. Tommy John's horizontal quick drive, quick draw fly. Simple, speedy feature that other underwear brands just don't give you. When you need to go and you need to go fast, Tommy John lets you do that. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Get 20% off the first order. Hmm. Underwear. Boom. Hmm. Talking about boxers. Talking about briefs. Got it. That's hmm. a very In, get efficient out. little pouch thing. It's nice. Opening. Okay. It's nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, when they pulled it out here to show, and you were grabbing on it. And well, stuff. I just never seen it like that. And it, I mean, I'm just saying, it seems very efficient. It is. Right. I'm just saying, it, it for is. a guy, for if you want efficiency in your underwear, uh, get Tommy John. Very simple. One more time, Kent. Uh, <laughs> you know, all right. when, when you just let us do it, just let us do it. Like the, the commentary. I always want you to be involved in I the Tommy too. John. Right I've heard yours when I'm not here, and it's, it's pretty lame. It's, it's pretty boring. It's also about 25 seconds. And okay, then boom, okay, let's go. whatever. Let's go. We already have a 45 minute show. We don't need to be talking about let's draws. Let's go. All right, so we're going to get back into this thing. We got a phone call from Sean in Maryland. Sean, what up? Hi, hey guys, first time caller, a uh, long time listener. Uh, two quick opinions and then a question. Um, first is, I truly believe that if we still had Ron Larry and Tony Roma, we'd be making a Super Bowl run right now. Um, Tony, because if Tony was here, I believe Witten would still be here and Des Bryant would still be here. And Ron Larry, I believe when 2016, he was the biggest bulldozer on that offensive line. And <clears throat> my question is, um, I heard Tony Romo on the fan yesterday, and he sounded like he could still play. I was wondering if there's a chance that Jerry will go after him and make a run this year. All right, thanks for the call. 
What it sounds like he could play. I wrote down the exact same thing. That I don't know what it means. Guys, I'm feeling good. My back, like... my back is great. I've been throwing the ball really well. My feet are good. I, I see the field better than ever. I, I have that hunger to win. I think we could go out and, and, and rally this team around. And, and I'm really excited about the opportunity, what it takes. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, what is, I don't even know what he said, but I, mean, I think that yeah. sounds like I'm ready to play. When was the know? last time you think Tony threw a football? Like really through a football, not like not just playing with his kids. Yeah, I think Hawkins was going deep in the yeah, yeah. yeah. Pop, it's been that, a while. That Instagram video when he hurt his kid in the stomach. Yeah, but you know, here's the deal. Here's why. I, did you I have did a you listen to the interview? No, I didn't. Okay, just why? Just wondering. Why did it? Was there something that you no no need to be pointed it, out? I thought it was classic Tony Romo. Like he's, a, I mean, he is a confident, funny guy. He wants you to know that he's a confident, funny guy. <laughs> he. I mean, he, he, it, it was, it sounded tongue in cheek. You know, yeah. he, Tony Rome, he never even officially filed his retirement paperwork. As far as I know, he still hasn't, which he's still an active player. He's I mean, not active, but he wants you to know that he could still do it. Yeah. Which, you know, wouldn't the Cowboys have to relinquish his rights or something, though? Like, no, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, which to, if he yeah. was going to come back, it he would, would have come to back be to here. a team that needs a quarterback. He ain't doing but that. But here's the problem. And here's the problem with, with the first thing Sean talked about when he said if Tony and Ron Leary were here, they'd be making our Super Bowl run. The problem with that is you'd still be in the same problem you were in for the last several years of Tony's career, which is you'd have him for some games, and then same thing we are talking about, Sean, at the beginning of the game. Then you'd be without him because it had gotten to a point where Tony just couldn't stay healthy. For whatever reason, he just couldn't stay healthy, and I don't think backs and those kinds of things get better as you get older. I think you're gonna if you're having those kind of problems – probably going to continue to have those kind of problems. It became a chronic thing for him. So I kind of agree with him on Ron Leary. I think if they would have kept Ron Leary, now the money, that's a whole different thing. And making that fit with all the other high-priced offensive linemen you got around here, at some point, I don't know if you can pay five offensive linemen at one time. So I, I kind of understand the business reasons why he's not here. But if he were here, I do think this offensive line would be appreciably better. Um, but I don't I don't think that Tony necessarily would would have you in that kind of position for consistently throughout an entire year because I don't think he'd make it through a year. Well, he's he's right about the Dez and Witten part, though. That's true. I mean, they would be here. That's true. And, and they would be better w- with him, be, you know. But when he were out, would it still be the same thing as what we saw last year? Because I think that's really the issue. Both Dez and Witten were here last year when they were having the same kind of struggles offensively, and you didn't have Tony Eckler. Well, who's back, who's right? the backup? Dak? Probably. I like my chances. As with Dak as a backup quarterback that comes in there because, you know, and we don't get a good read on him. Go back, go back and watch the games where you know Vince Young came in for for teams when he was playing. I guess for the Giants or the Eagles or something. I mean, like, not bad. I Did mean, he? Yeah, went in there and won a game one time on on Monday Night Football. I mean, nobody knows what to expect. A guy like that, you can come in and, and do some things. I think he would be. A pretty good backup there, but that doesn't matter. That's not that's not the situation. That's not what it is. I don't think he's coming back. I firmly believe that if I was six four instead of five six, I'd be playing football instead of talking about it for a living. I mean, so what? Yep. You know? Dang, I'm almost six four. I'm not really close to playing. It's it, so. <laughs> a smart ass analogy. No, you I just mean, let me have it. I, it's <laughs> a good, and, and, and I agree with that. But I, I was looking at it more like, dang, he like, could have just let you have that. One. I just, I, no, I believe that. I actually believe that. But I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I just, I, I'm not saying there's no validity to that. I take issue with the Leary thing more than the Romo thing. Really? Just, well, not, I love the hell out of Ron Leary. He was severely underrated. It's the salary cap era. What do you want to do? Like. 
You're gonna pay. I mean, what, he got like fifty million to go to Denver yeah. or something. I mean, what you, do, you can't pay all five. What are you supposed you really to can't. do? I and, guarantee and they, you, his cap hit though is something that they could absorb right now because they're just sitting on it. Probably, it's it's so it's so far under the bridge at this point, and they've drafted a talented kid to replace him. Like I I can't dog them for that. I, like you can't you get you the way the NFL is built. You gotta let guys go. There is no team. Even that sometimes can, good guys. There is no good team players. that can keep everybody. <laughs> Robo back. Oh, and that's that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Next year, I, I think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive in free agency. I think I think the they got, cycle. They got money. They're going to have some money. They're not spending it as much here. We keep thinking that oh, they got to spend it on a quarterback. I don't know if you necessarily have to. Not at least next year. And we can just go into that if you yeah. want. Um, I don't think they necessarily have to, to sign Zeke. They, they, I would that's I have a, tricky a question one. for you guys. And I had a point, but go ahead. Finish it then. Oh, okay. It was just taking too long. Okay. Boom. <laughs> wow. Wow. Is, it'll be better. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> it'll be better. Uh, <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that's, that's a question that the Cowboys have to figure out about Zeke because, yeah, you can wait till five years and just say, well, let's see what happens. But, or you can start that clock early and say, all right, let's put mm-hmm. five more on. And, you know, like the Rams did with Gurley. I think say, it I want would an be eight-year running back. I think it would be smart to try to extend Zeke this offseason. Yeah. But is he going to play ball with that? Because yeah. he, he doesn't have any guarantees anymore. He probably should. Maybe, but that is a good point. Actually, Le'Veon Bell has proven that you can bet on yourself and and have it potentially. Has he proven pay it yet? Off. I don't think he's proven he it yet. Hasn't I think proven, I, okay. I think he's I think he's on he his way. Proven, he hasn't proven it yet. He has proven that players have the capacity to do that. Like if Zeke wants to bet on himself, nobody can stop him. And that's so. I mean, is he willing to sign for less than what he thinks he's worth right now, just to get it out of the way? If he thinks he can double that in two more years, I don't know. Right, but the problem with that is we still don't know how this is going to play out with Le'Veon Bell. No, we don't. There, there could be a situation where if the Pittsburgh Steelers right, wanted to, forget they Le'Veon could franchise Bell, him again next year. Forget like, Le'Veon Bell. Uh-huh. Then what? I mean, he's like, I want girly money, and they're like, no. And he's like, okay, cool. Then we're going to play this thing out. He and could do that. James Conner keeps getting hundred dollars. But here's the reality. I, right now. I would actually, with Zeke, I would be willing to pay Zeke a, a fat contract because he's that kind of running back. The problem with the second contract for most running backs is that they get to an age where when you're giving them a second contract, part of that's going to be after they get past that magical number where running backs seem to fall off. And so for me, if I'm doing it a little bit earlier, I can still bet on the fact that if he's a great running back, I will get great production throughout his contract, and then I won't do a third contract. I reserve the right to change my mind because it's only September, but as we sit right now, I would like to try to get something done with Zeke this offseason, and I would very much like to get Demarcus Lawrence locked up this offseason. No doubt. And then that's, that's a, a lot of money. It's a healthy chunk of your cap that's right there, but money, yeah. I, it's on worthwhile pieces in my yeah. opinion. And don't forget what you're paying right now for just one year with Tank you would cut that because right. he would only make a small fraction of that against your right. cap every no, year. So you would still you would have some money. You could still have room to do some shopping even after those two deals. If no doubt about to. it. No anyway. doubt about it. Speaking of Zeke, I did. Oh, actually, let's go to your point. Yeah, what you, what, you, what you got for me? Thank you. Thank you. It's not a point. It's a question. Okay, give me your question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she needs two microphones. Hey, Dave. What's up? <laughs> um, well, I didn't get to watch Tony Romo since the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. I got to start watching him towards the end. And I was just wondering, I mean, what was the main problem with the Cowboys of them not being able to get to that next level as far as the offense goes? Honestly, and Nick can give his opinion, but I think it was just they were circumstances. I don't think that Tony necessarily 
was the problem. I'll, I'll get, I'll take you back to that giant game, and uh, it was a playoff game against the Giants the year that they were in uh, that they got. It was 07. Um, I don't, I don't think that game was his fault. I think the offensive line failed him that game. That defensive front for the Giants was all over him, and they, they made it very tough. And as a matter of fact, that defensive front, they went on to win the Super Bowl, but they went through him. I think they played the, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers that year. I want to say it was Aaron Rodgers at that point. But they they went through the Packers um, and, and beat them up and then beat uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots. That that front was just really good, and that was the reason why the Cowboys lost. I don't think it was, was uh, Tony's fault. Yeah. So I, I think it was just circumstances. It was just bad circumstances in particular games that were the reason the Cowboys didn't go farther. What's That's just my question. I'm just wondering real, yeah, because question. I've – I've seen several quarterbacks come in here. I've seen changes on the team. And obviously, as far as quarterback goes, no one great, no one like big name or anything like that. But the changes that I've seen at the end of the, t- at the, end of the day, the results are still the same. So I'm wondering, is this a player thing? Or now we start talking, and I know people all over Twitter start talking about Jason Guerin and all that. But I was just trying to get to that were how much can your talent do for you if on the other hand I mean, it's not really working uh, out so i was wondering as far as when tony was here how was the play calling i mean was that a theme happening back then i'm well the joke is always that which i was only here for the end of romo's career too with in i mean considering his 10-year career i was here for three of his seasons as a starter um the joke was that romo audible out of everything they called for him anyway right i mean he was <laughs> he was your, he was your play caller he was your play caller <laughs> and your, your play call. i mean tony romo especially and he was pretty good at it actually from I mean, like from 20 at least i would say from 2010 until he retired romo was that type of quarterback who could mask a lot of your deficiencies which is what dak is not right now yeah. there's no, i mean there's no way around that 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 was this you know I'll, full disclosure, I I think Cowboys fans, they're fiercely defensive of Tony Romo to a point that I can't go that far. Like he did, he made a lot of mistakes in his career, but in a in a in that one stretch, there was not a lot of talent on this team. And I do agree with the assessment that some of those teams from 2010 to 13 are probably more like four or five win teams as opposed to eight win teams. I do think that's true. Yeah. So. You're talking about a quarterback who can single-handedly account for four or five extra wins. You know, so funny to me, and Nick might remember this though. It, that was, it's so funny to me now that there's so many fans out there that are fiercely loyal, of loyal to Tony Romo. You don't know what you had when we were gone because back in the day, I swear every Monday, it it was always somebody. Man, Tony Romo just he just can't do it. I don't think Tony Romo can do it. He can't get them where they need to go. I don't think Tony. And now it's like everybody's just like. Man, I wish we had Tony back. I wish we had Tony back. It's so funny how fans just kind of jump from one to the other. And maybe it's different fans. Maybe everybody just vocalizes whatever they're feeling at the moment. For every million fans that said that, though, there's a million people screaming into their whatever they're listening on right now. They're just like, I loved him from the beginning. Like it's Whether they did or didn't. But a lot of them did, though, to that. Whether they did or didn't. Stafford, Phillip Rivers, and and Matt Ryan. That's why I don't ever really give them the respect that they they deserve for that reason, probably. Because those guys did everything that, that Tony did. And they were drafted number one, number three, number two, whatever overall. And Sam Bradford, all these guys. And I don't, 
I, I was never in that in that city, but I there's no way they took the grief that Romo took, and and it, it's fine. Once you get to a starting quarterback, that's that's fine. You're, you're there, and, and it's your job to be, you know, the uh, a guy that takes you to the playoffs. But the thing about it is, is that for some reason, you know, Romo has an unbelievable story to get where he is, and yet it's always it was never good enough. It was absolutely never good enough, and that's that's the thing that always bothered me. I don't think Stafford gets that he's the number one pick in the draft what's he done i don't know i think he gets that he's I not think, he doesn't have a winning I, I think, record in the nfl yeah i, know, I think he, i think he gets so that i think he takes a lot sort of, of busty i think he takes i don't know if, if I you went bust. To, if you went to detroit i think you would is, yeah. is matt stafford a bust no i don't think so no he's not a bust I don't think so. what is he he is a he's, I think he's a good quarterback i do think he's a good quarterback he is a good quarterback who has not lived up to the expectations of a number, oh, a number one, one overall pick. pick. And I'm okay really with that, and, I, and I understand that. He's but still, I'll, tell you, no. I'll tell you like this. Right now, if he was a free agent, how many teams are jumping in to say, yeah. I will take him and pay him big money? Matt Stafford. Including I'm sorry. the Cowboys, probably. Sam Bradford is a bust. Or should. Huh? Yeah. Sam Bradford's a bust. Yes. He's on, his, a different, he's yeah. on his fourth yeah. team. Right. How Luck. many full seasons has he played? Right. What about Luck? Uh, it's too That's soon to say. It's too. I mean, well, he, for those first few years he got in the bust league, he bust. was playing. But the first few years in the league, he was playing it was. out of his mind. It's too. It's too soon to say because Robert Griffin a bust. Yes. Yeah. He was out of his mind first. Year. No, That's not like year. not like luck. Not like luck. I don't think you can compare the, no, the beginning. Luck of had like three great years. and yeah. took his team to an AFC yeah, title. No, game. he was a he was a quarterback that we were all saying he's going to be one of those guys going to Hall of Fame one day. Like that's how good his start was. I guarantee. I mean. In an alternate universe where Stafford's available, people would jump to put him on this team, no which doubt. he yeah. can't be a bust if that's true. I no, but the point was about was about Tony. Is that Tony's always been been? You no, asked I the question. He's always been, in my opinion, treated unfairly for that. Maybe so. Maybe so. All I right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to give you guys the final on what's going to happen this weekend: Cowboys versus Lions. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!